My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Sunday was a day that I used to dread, but admittedly, it's now a day that I very much look forward to. I don't think it's a product of getting older or more mature or anything like that. I think it simply has to do with the fact that I've spent so much time thinking about Sundays over the last seven years that I can't help but feel attached to them in some way. But some Sundays are more special than others, including today. Last year, I had the absolute pleasure of collaborating with Vellabox on a dream of mine, a set of Sunday Scaries theme scented candles. When we initially launched the original candles, named Sunday Scaries and Panic Room, they were met with an overwhelmingly positive response. So much so that we pretty much sold out in the first 24 hours after launch and we had to relaunch them again for the holiday season. I don't think I realized this at the time, but I kind of became hooked on it. And after a few months of scheming behind the scenes, I'm proud to announce that not only are we releasing the original scents individually now, but we're also adding two new scents to the collection. For those wondering, no, these new candles will not be sold in sets with wick trimmers. After the initial release, it became quite evident that people wanted to soothe their Sundays with specific candles and that they only needed so many wick trimmers. The previously mentioned original scents, Sunday Scaries and Panic Room, have remained untouched from their original iterations. With Sunday Scaries, you still have the trademark amber, oak moss, and driftwood that we've all come to know and love. It's woodsy, it's citrusy, it's herbal, but most of all, it's perfect all year round. And with new packaging, the candle itself looks better than ever and can be paired perfectly with a large ice water in the Sunday time sitting on your coffee table. As for the Panic Room scent, again, it's remained the same. A little woodsy, a little fresh with Tonka, Oud, and Black Sea. I, I, Oud is still a word that I have a lot of trouble saying, but honestly, this candle smells so good that I don't even care. And while Sunday Scaries is the signature scent, I will note that Panic Room was a favorite among first-time buyers. But let's get to the exciting part. Together with Vellabox, we went through numerous scent combinations in the hope of finding the perfect match for each of the new concepts. When trying to come up with two new candles, I truly had two ideas in mind long before we decided to expand the line, and those were called Two Day Hangover and Rom-Com. If you're unfamiliar with the feelings that come with the Two Day Hangover, well, just be thankful for that. It's Monday, sometime after you press the snooze button a handful of times, when you realize that all of yesterday's Advil and ice water didn't undo everything you did Friday and Saturday night. Too bloated for anything but smoothies and too tired to do any actual work, you're staring a two-day hangover directly in the face. A dark cloud hovering over your head everywhere you go, you promise yourself that tomorrow will be better. Well, hopefully. It's just that icky Monday feeling you feel when you feel just run down and dehydrated. You know you have work to do, but you also know that you may have to redo it all on Tuesday because your brain is just functioning at that low of a level. You head to the store and grab a pre-made meal only to get home and watch some trashy TV. In best case scenario, you wake up Tuesday morning like nothing ever happened, only to do it all again the following weekend. Well, this candle is here to cure that. White tea combined with rosemary sage takes your apartment from being in disarray to feeling like you're in a spa. White tea, ginger, eucalyptus, rosemary, it's fresh, herbal, citrusy, and then we have the rom-com candle. I don't like to play favorites, but I actually think this particular candle is my favorite that we've released thus far. Be it You've Got Mail or something more current like How To Be Single, we can all readily admit that a good rom-com can pretty much cure anything Sunday throws your way. Kathleen and Joe, Anna and William, Annie and Sam, and we definitely can't forget Harry and Sally. Bring your comforter to the couch and pour a tall ice water because you're about to go through every emotion possible for the next 119 minutes. Forget that regrettable 1.48 a.m. text you sent last night and let Nora Ephron handle the rest. 
Just make sure you don't fall asleep before it's over with a glass in your hand because red wine can be real tough to get out of your couch cushions. It's woodsy, fresh, and just a tad bit sweet. Romcom combines black amber and plum with saffron, spice, wood, and incense. After its first burn in our new place, my wife walked in after a very long day at work and simply said, what's that smell? It smells amazing in here. And it was at the time, it was at that time that I knew that we had something good on our hands. If you're wondering where you can buy these new releases along with the original scents, look no further than velabox.com slash sundayscaries or simply go to the link in the description of this episode. Working with Velabox has been such a pleasure on my end that I've been excitedly waiting to release these candles since the day the samples arrived. And hopefully you'll enjoy burning them as much as we've enjoyed creating them. Just make sure to trim your wicks before that first two to three hour burn. We all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 online stores. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites, and when you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You just sit there for a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if they find a working coupon, all you have to do is sit there and watch the prices drop. It's borderline therapeutic. I've used this so many times, and I pretty much use it every single time that I shop online, whether it finds a code or not, but luckily for me, most of the time, it finds a code. I've saved money on everything from buying just casual t-shirts from J. Crew to the tuxedo that I bought for my wedding to gifts that I've gotten for my wife. It's been an incredibly, incredible resource when it comes to saving money, and I will use it until I stop shopping online, which I don't see myself doing anytime soon. Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. And it's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something I don't use, so go get Honey for free at joinhoney.com scaries. That's joinhoney.com scaries. As much as I love a good productive Sunday routine, there are simply some things I just can't get behind. Meal prepping, planning out my upcoming week. I mean, I even hate vacuuming because it's too loud and it just kind of makes my head feel all rattled inside. But there's one Sunday staple that I've never been able to get behind, but not for lack of effort. That staple, napping. I'll be the first to admit that I've married an elite level napper. No matter the day, the time, or even the amount of sleep she got the night before, my wife is almost always guaranteed to take advantage of a spare 30 minutes to get some quick rest. But for me, it's always been an uphill battle. I'm not inherently opposed to napping. I wish I could take advantage of them. In fact, I still attempt to take naps despite the fact that my brain won't turn off and I never actually fall asleep. These instances are few and far between, but sometimes a hangover or gloomy Sunday will trick me into thinking it's something I can pursue. However, there are a few specific naps that I've historically taken that I can somewhat get behind. I'm not saying that these are the only naps that should be taken as much as I'm saying that these are the only naps that I can actually reference right now. So this, my friends, is my power ranking of naps. The first, or I guess the last in the order, is the drunk nap. There are really two iterations of the drunk nap. The first is when you get home from brunch and you have a buzz on. You don't want to keep drinking, but you also have enough of a buzz that you don't want to jump into watching something on TV because you're probably just going to fall asleep anyway. The best alternative? Well, it's lying in bed scrolling your phone until your eyes succumb to the mimosas and you finally just drift off to sleep. 
The second is a little less peaceful. It's when you've had a little too much to drink and you find yourself dozing off before you fully commit to going home. You might actually fall asleep or your eyes might just kind of drift shut a little bit, but it's definitely something you don't necessarily want to have you know, on your conscience the next day when you wake up. The reason this falls so down, far down the list is because it's the least productive nap I've ever attempted. When you're drunk, your sleep is just never really that good. And when you wake up, the grogginess is unlike any other post-nap grogginess. It feels more like a hangover, which I think we can all agree is something we need less of in life. Well, at least I do. Our next is the uh, lunch break nap. This is actually recommended to me by a friend who swore by it for a long period of his life. He said he'd eat lunch, rest his eyes for the remainder of his lunch break, and then head back to work as if nothing happened. And while this sounds like a refreshing way to kick back uh, into gear after trudging through your morning, there's one flaw that I simply can't find a solution for. I have the utmost trouble falling asleep for naps in the first place. So falling asleep under pressure when I need to go back to work in 25 minutes, it's really a dicey proposition for me. This also comes along with the trademark grogginess for me. And I can safely say that none of my coworkers want to see me after a nap. My hair all out of sorts drool potentially in my beard and a piss poor attitude because I woke up minutes before they saw me, I'm just going to be in a bad mood so I have to say no thanks, I'll just pass on this one. And in the same breath as the lunch break nap, our next is just a less specific iteration of that, the power nap. Power naps are reserved for very specific occasions where you have anywhere between 5 and 25 minutes to burn before you have to do something productive. Maybe you got home from work and some time, and you have some time before getting ready for a night out, or perhaps your friend is running late giving you an extra few minutes at home to recharge. Wherever you may find yourself taking a power nap, it has a very specific rule. It cannot last more than 20 or 25 minutes. My reason for com not completely buying in at this point? Well, it just feels a little bit rushed to me. Do I need to take this much time that I have to like set my alarm and make sure that I'm gonna fall asleep on time? If it takes me 15 minutes to fall asleep, how do I account for that on the back end while I'm sleeping and I have my alarm already set? If I wake up feeling groggy, does that mean I need more or less sleep? Simply put, power naps are reserved for those times when your time is just really cut short. And maybe it's the baseline, baseline anxiety of how I operate, but those conditions just simply aren't relaxing to me. And now we enter the world of naps that I actually don't avoid taking if the opportunity prevents itself. The first is the mid-morning nap. As a self-described morning person these days, I've found myself waking up earlier and earlier and earlier. And while that sounds like it might be a bad thing, it's actually something I've been embracing more and more. I like extending my day and having a long morning. I enjoy a cup of coffee or two before the sun comes up, but most of all, I like getting a head start on my work so I can have an excuse to check out early. But some mornings, I just don't hit my stride. I find myself attempting to get in my routine only to realize that I don't necessarily need to be up that early. So my solution, the mid-morning nap. It's pretty simple, but most of all, it's just relaxing. Simply get back into your unmade bed, toss on a show that you've already seen every rerun of, and let yourself fall back to sleep and make up for the sleep that you didn't get the night before. Waking up again at 10.30 a.m. takes me back to the weekends in high school when 10.30 was an early morning for me, but honestly, it's kind of nostalgic, which is always an added bonus. Our runner-up this week is a nap that I don't shy away from if given the opportunity. When it knocks on my door, I normally give in immediately, even if it only lasts a few minutes before something wakes me up. And that, and that nap, my friends, is the golf nap. It happens at least once a year during televised golf tournaments and it's something I wish happened more often. I'm not talking about the nap, I'm talking about this instance right here. Something goes technically wrong in the broadcast booth and we get an extended period of time where golf can be watched without narration from Jim Nance or Nick Faldo. You hear the chirping of the birds, you hear the hum of the crowd, you can even hear the conversations between golfers and caddies that give you more insight than the announcers themselves. 
And during this time of solitude, it's really difficult to not just feel at peace. That is, if you don't really like golf or you're just not really into it. But overall, golf is likely the most peaceful sport one can watch on television on a Sunday afternoon. And when the night before catches up to you while you're horizontal on your couch, it's pretty hard not to lean into that opportunity to nap. And with today's episode airing on Masters Sunday, something tells me that a few of you out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. But the one nap that rules them all is one that I hold near and dear to my heart. And more often than not, it's one that I never really intend to partake in. It's rare, especially over the past year, but sometimes I have no, cho no choice but to give into it at all, the plane nap. Largely, plane rides are a time when you can pretty much do whatever you want. You can read an issue of the... E e you can read an issue of a magazine that you got in, uh, whatever it is, Hudson News before you boarded. You can watch a movie with the, on the headrest in front of you. You can even see how many drinks the flight attendants will serve you before they cut you off. But for me, it's a time reserved for one of the following. Watching a movie, listening to a podcast, or reading a book, in that order. The sad truth is that most of those activities, especially when added in with the hum of the plane and just kind of that white noise feeling, they begin to put me asleep especially if I'm bored, which is most of the time because I really just don't like flying all that much. But the beauty of the plane nap doesn't lie within the nap itself. What I love most about it is that I don't actually feel like I'm wasting time like I do when I'm napping from the comfort of my own bed. Instead, it almost feels like time travel. Those moments when you wake up and think to yourself, how much of our three-hour flight is left only to realize that you slept through most of it? It's the closest thing we'll ever feel to time travel, and if that means that I don't have to sit uncomfortably upright for three-plus hours surrounded by strangers, well, I think I'm all in. If your days are anything like mine, you wake up, you have breakfast, do a little work, and suddenly it's dinner time and you've got zero time to meal plan or prep. Need a little spring in your mix? Get fresh and ready meals delivered from Sunbasket. They're healthy, they're delicious, and the best of all, they're ready in minutes. Sunbasket wants you to eat well and love what you're eating, and they've made it easier than ever. Their new fresh and ready meals are just $8.99, and they're so good for your body and your budget. Every Sunbasket meal is filled only with premium quality real food, including, including organic fresh produce, antibiotic and hormone-free meats, and sustainably sourced sea seafood. Their chefs have won Michelin Awards and a James Beard Award, so why not take the night off and let them cook for you? Try delicious meals like braised beef Penang curry with jasmine rice and sweet peas, shrimp paella with roast, fire-roasted tomatoes and bell peppers, or pappardelle with uh, wilted spinach, sweet peas, and fresh ricotta. It's truly, truly delicious. Sunbasket fresh and ready meals come freshly prepared and ready to heat up in as little as six minutes, and all you have to do is heat and eat, which means no prep and even less mess. For me, I got Moroccan spiced fillets recently that were absolutely delicious, some shrimp paella with fire-roasted tomatoes and bell peppers, and my favorite, their cauliflower macaroni and cheese. It's just truly amazing. And right now, Sunbasket has a limited time offer. Get $90 off and four free gifts across your first four deliveries, including free shipping, on the first box when you go right now to sunbasket.com slash scaries and enter promo code scaries at checkout. That's sunbasket.com slash scaries and enter promo code scaries at checkout for $90 off and four free, free gifts across your first four deliveries and free shipping on your first box. sunbasket.com slash scaries and enter promo code scaries. And this offer does expire on 413, so go at it. A few years ago, I remember reading an article about an uptick in pedestrians getting hit by cars in New York City. 
This was largely attributed to these pedestrians looking at their phones rather than looking both ways. At the time, I thought it was kind of ridiculous that the two were connected, but after seeing how glued to our screens we've become, myself included, it all does kind of make sense, unfortunately. I've taken more steps to, than most in an effort to reduce my screen time, specifically on my phone. This was a revelation brought on two years ago by a book titled How to Break Up With Your Phone, and if, if this interests you, I can't recommend the book enough. It's short, it's sweet, and it's truly helpful. And if you need more convincing than that, head back into the archives of this very podcast for an episode where I actually offered tricks for reducing your screen time in addition to talking about the book a little bit. For reasons I don't need to get into, yes, I generally think and recommend that we should all take strides to reduce our screen time in some way, shape, or form. But now allow me to say something maybe a little bit reckless. Sometimes endlessly scrolling your phone is actually a good thing. More than ever, phones are tailored to improve our mental health more than diminish it. Of course, we're not even close to that dream becoming a reality yet, but for every soothing meditation app in the App Store, there's a Twitter wormhole we go down that renders all that meditation useless. And for every productivity app that we have, there are those times at night when you look at the clock and realize that you've been scrolling TikTok for three hours. But on a slow Sunday afternoon with nothing on the docket, sometimes it's just enjoyable to take your brain and turn it off for a while and scroll without guilt. And while doing so recently on Instagram, I thought now would be a phenomenal time to go through some of my favorite and most relaxing Instagram follows as of late. Our first is an Instagram account that's still relatively small at 22,000 followers, and it's called Nancy Meyer Interiors. If you think that you're unfamiliar with Nancy Meyer, well, you're probably not. She's the woman behind films you've probably heard me discuss before and things that you've probably watched numerous times over. Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, It's Complicated, What Women Want, and The Parent Trap. The one from 1998, of course, not the old one, which is still a phenomenal film in its own right. And if you've seen any of these films, one of the first things that comes to mind is how aesthetically pleasing the sets and the homes are in each of them. Architectural Digest said, Meyer's homes are pure escapism, total comfort, and prosperity throwing back to childhood or forward to your first hefty divorce settlement. And they also noted that the kitchen from Something's Gotta Give is the most copied kitchen of all time. And why is in this Instagram so soothing, you may wonder? Well, it's just really the simplicity of it. Sporadically posting photos of interiors that feel familiar, you quickly realize why they feel so familiar. They're in all the movies you've rewatched numerous times over without ever really realizing it. Cozy, cool, nostalgic, it's hard to scroll through all the photos from this account and not feel like snuggling up on a couch with a cup of coffee over Thanksgiving break with your parents. Our next account is one that I found through my Discover feed during quarantine, and her name is Charlotte Ann Fiddler. She's the founder of Spots and Stripes, which is a wellness brand for tweens and teens, but her personal Instagram account feels like anything but something that promotes her products. She's grown to over 110,000 followers, and her posts allow you to take a breath of fresh air from the English countryside. Thatched roofs, rolling green pastures, and even her cat Mousling are all staples that you begin to seek comfort in as you start scrolling her feed. My favorite posts of hers are simple landscape videos. Slow moving and calming, the camera remains somewhat still while the wind blows softly enough to make it all feel like an animated photograph in a way. It's dreamy without playing too much into the cottagecore fad and the perfect feed to visit and scroll when you feel like taking a mental vacation to the Cotswolds. We also have Stephanie Herdrick, the associate curator of American painting and sculpture at the Met Museum of Art. Art museums for me are a largely relaxing place that I can never really shy away from on a rainy day. But given how few and far between those museum trips are for me, I love seeing paintings, sculptures, and portraits float across my feed whenever I can. Her posts are not only relaxing in nature, but also just supremely informative. It could be inspirations behind paintings from the 1600s, maybe lesser known paintings from artists that we've all heard of before. Maybe it's video tours of the museum, a, a place none of us have had the luxury of visiting over the last year or so. 
And while I'm sure there are other accounts out there that serve a similar purpose, there's just something personal and different about seeing it through her eyes rather than that of the museum itself. And finally, one of my favorite accounts on all of Instagram is called Grandparents, G-R-A-M, Parents. It's an account I was quite early on following. I think I saw it first with less than 1,000 followers, but now it has over 127,000 followers. The account is as simple as it could be. Followers submit candid photos of old people doing things around various cities or, you know, out in the wild, wherever they may be. Feeding ducks, walking with oversized tote bags through the city, reading in parks, or just simply enjoying the natural world that surrounds them. I probably shouldn't admit this, but a lot of my personal fashion inspiration has come from the grandmas and grandpas in this account. Muted coats, sweaters and earth tones, incredible amounts of layers reserved only for fall. It's perfectly relaxing, giving us all a glimpse of what we have to look forward to in retirement. So whether you decide to follow any of these accounts or not, they may just worth be visiting during your next lazy couch session. Just don't get so relaxed that you unknowingly walk into traffic. I do not want to have that on my conscience. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. And you can also follow along on Twitter at Sundayscaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. Oh, and remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.